Hi everyone and welcome to the Final Whistle podcast from Southampton FC. I'm Kenzie Benali. And I'm Steve Forbes and we're back again for post-match reaction to Southampton's Premier League defeat to Brighton. Now joining us for this week's podcast, we have former Saints and Brighton captain Dean Hammond and former Daily Echo reporter Adam Leach. Now Dean, we will talk in more detail about the game in a second, but let's start by looking at how that leaves the league table. Saints remain 14th, Brighton are now four points behind us. How do you assess the league table right now? Yeah, I mean, it's a a very, very important victory uh, for Brighton. Um, Obviously, it's... it's, um, attracted Southampton towards the bottom a little bit. You know, they're not changed position, but the points tally has, has been reduced. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's very, very tight down there. Fulham have um, put in some really, really good performances over the last few weeks. Newcastle are seem to be picking up points. They're not winning games, but they're putting points on, on the scoreboard. So it's very, very tight. Burnley had a really good win yesterday away at Everton, which was unexpected. Crystal Palace beat West Brom, which has probably put them safe. So, it's tight. There's still lots to play for. I still think Southampton will be OK because of the fixtures they have, um, especially coming up over the next uh, three or four weeks. Some really, really important games. And the destiny is in their own hands, which is which is all that you can ask for, really. Um, so the next couple of weeks of the FA Cup game and then playing Burnley, um, I think it is, then Crystal Palace or, or West Brom, whichever way around it is, um, they'll be fine. But it's it's tight. It's quite exciting from a neutral point of view, but obviously a little bit nervy in terms of um, Southampton. But I'm sure they'll be fine. Yeah, definitely. Well, Adam, Saints actually only have one point less than they had at this stage last season. But is it the recent poor run of form that's concerning you more? I think it is, really. Uh, I mean, it's just... And it's also frustrating, I guess, for anybody watching Saints, any Saints fans, that... It, the the way the points have been accumulated because this season's been a real case of really get your hopes up in some ways because so the majority of those points came very early in the season and then since then it's been a yeah it's been a, a, a I would say a slow decline but actually it's kind of snowballed really uh, in in more recent times to what four points out of the last thirty six available which is an appalling run. Uh, and and that poor form is concerning. Um, uh, like Dean, I'm I'm not I'm not actually I don't want to sound complacent, but I'm not overly concerned that I feel like Saints are going to get relegated this season because I still don't think that will happen. I think that they will accumulate enough points and they've got enough of a cushion that you know they even in the worst case scenario they'll they'll be okay. Um, but it's it's more kind of where it leaves the club and the questions over the manager, the players, uh, and the, just the general direction of where Saints as a, as a club are actually heading um, because it's a season that's promised so much. Uh, and if it delivers in the end so little, that will be a, a, a crying shame uh, for, for sure. But there is still chances. All right, the league is, is probably just get your points to stay safe and there's probably not loads more to be achieved there, I don't suppose now, but the FA Cup is still a huge opportunity for Saints. And if you just want to step back and look at it positively for a moment, if you'd have said to any Saints fan before the season, you'll finish kind of mid-table, safe enough, you know, nothing spectacular, but you'll be safe. But you get to an FA Cup final and have a chance of winning winning a trophy. Would you take that? Or would you rather finish seventh and go out for the Cups in the first round? I pretty much guarantee you that probably 999 out of every 1,000 Saints fans you ask that to 
would take the cup. And Saints have still got their, opportun- their opportunity. And that's what they need to focus on this week. And it's for the opportunity they need to seize when they play Bournemouth. Uh, and if they can do that, I think they go into the international break with a chance to keep some momentum and some positivity in their season. And so I think everything is on that game now, really, for Saints for this season. Um, and there's probably actually a lot more on that game in in sort of the short-term future of the club as well. So I think that this uh, is a really important fixture coming up now. But one that despite everything and despite the lack of form, they should try and be positive about. Yes, it's a huge game on Saturday, but back to today. And before we discuss today's defeat in more detail, here's how the game panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solent. Ralph Hartenoodle knows they have to play well this afternoon. Southampton's players go into a huddle as they get the ball Brighton on the edge of the box and Mopai can shoot and Forster turns it away with his right hand. In it comes, curled out towards Dunk, who gets a free header and Dunk, the captain for Brighton, gives... Brighton the lead as Forster can't make the save. Now on the right to Ward-Prowse, ignored the cross first time. Decides to give it to Armstrong to cross in. Header goes across and then Adams will volley it in from six yards out. Bertrand may well get the assist, but Shea Adams has three in three. And Southampton were only behind for ten minutes. Bednarik who got that all wrong and then it's played in field by Welbeck. They've got an overload on the right. Freeman is gross. Gross in the box, should be 2-1. Oh. And it's saved by Forster and deflected away for a corner. Lallana's taken up a good space, got between Ward-Prowse and Diallo, feeds Welbeck, great first time ball, Trossard should score and does! Good dummy from Minamino and a nice one-two between Teller and Adams and that looks like a penalty to me! And then the follow-up saved by Sanchez and the referee's given it as a free kick right outside the penalty area I think. Here comes Ward-Prowse, right footed, it deflects and goes behind for a corner, it could have gone anywhere. We'll come to you first. There's no skating around it. That is a disappointing result. Uh, what did you make of that performance? Yeah, you're right, Kenzie. It is a disappointing uh, result. I think as well, it's a, it's a disappointing performance. Uh, we've not said that too many times this season, but I don't think the, the performance was at the quality that uh, we expect from Southampton and what they've shown this season. Um, I think they had a good spell of 25 to 30 minutes in the first half where they were on top, where they got the equaliser after... Uh, Brighton scored the, the first goal. Um, can say probably poor organisation, maybe poor uh, defending from, from Lewis Dunk's first goal. Um, but it's a good header, it's a good strong header. Uh, but then Southampton reacted really, really well, actually. Um, really got involved in the game, took control of the game, dominated possession, um, played with more intensity, got a really good goal from, from Shea Adams, a really good finish. And then I thought, well, OK, Southampton are on top now. They're going to uh, take control of the game. Um, and going to 1-1 at half-time, I thought, OK, they can set themselves down now. And then the change of shape, second half by Brighton was a really good tactical decision by, by Graham Potter and, and caused Southampton real problems. And I don't know whether it's down to a little bit of tiredness, a little bit of fatigue from, from two weeks already, uh, two games already this week, that second half, Southampton just a little, looked a little bit flat, to be honest. Couldn't quite get out of second gear, couldn't really cause Brighton any problems. Um, obviously, a chance from from Shea Adams, where I think that's where Shea potentially needs to just improve his game a little bit. You know, he scored some great goals, but he needs to be a little bit cuter in, in those finishes. It's a good save by the keeper, don't get me wrong, but you imagine Danny Ings in that position maybe would have given the keeper the eyes and maybe gone the other way. So, look, fully deserved by Brighton. I think they played very, very well today. I mentioned before they're, they're a good team and 
And one thing they were today, they were clinical. They probably had two or three chances and scored two. So credit to them. Um, but you're right, it's a disappointing and frustrating result on, in terms of Southampton. Adam, what are your thoughts on today's performance then? Yeah, hugely frustrating. Uh, really very disappointing. Um, such a distinct lack of intensity from Saints for the majority of the game, save a, save a period in the first half, as Dean rightly said. Um, really concerning, actually, I think. I think up until now, I've I've kind of, personally, I haven't felt desperately worried. You know, I, th- I accept that Saints are not uh, a top four team and they are going to have, you know, peaks and troughs in their form during a season. They're going to have periods where they win a few and periods where they lose a few. That's just what most teams have to go through if you don't have those incredible resources of maybe the top four to six teams in the Premier League. But this is concerning, I would say, because not only the result, not only who it came against, but the fact that uh, Saints were comprehensively beaten for me today. They were fairly beaten. They were well beaten. Um, And they, I, I kind of can accept to a degree that you can go out and you can not play well, even against a lesser team or a lesser team can, can really raise their game. A lower team can raise their game and, and they have too much for you on the day. What is harder to accept is uh, what I think we saw today, which was just a, a, a real, like I said, a lack of intensity. Brighton felt like they wanted to win that game more than Saints did today. And I think that is very concerning. Um, yes, Danny Ings was missing, but Ralph made changes for midweek and was able to bring players in fresh today. So I think there's only a certain amount we can blame really the fixture calendar or injuries. Um, That was a good team Saints had out today. And they had some fresh legs in that team and and they were quite a long way short of the mark. And uh, it was both collectively and individually, I think that they, they lost pretty much all of their one-on-one battles throughout the team. Uh, very concerning. And I think as well, the change for Brighton at halftime, the tactical change, I think you also have to ask some questions there of, of Ralph, not just the players. I don't think Saints were able to react to that, really. They, they didn't really react, to be honest. Um, and the second half was just a very lame performance, really. Very lame, when you'd expected a lot better at 2-1 down. And against a Brighton side, in fairness who, as we identified before the game, they play some decent stuff, but they did not look exactly high on confidence. They looked nervy uh, there. And Saints put them under so little pressure, so little intensity to try and get a result. And um, that's concerning. Yeah, it definitely is. Dean, we've spoken in previous shows about how important set pieces have been for Southampton, but it was Brighton who scored from one to open the scoring today. Can you talk us through their first goal, please? Well, the first goal of the set piece came from some really good play from Brighton, actually, where they had a good combination between Adam Nalana, Danny Welbeck and Mopa and had a good striker goal. Um, but the set piece is interesting. I've looked at it a couple of times. It's good delivery by, um, by Gross, you know, put some real pace on the ball. And Lewis Dunk kind of hangs out on the edge of the box. Now, from far as I understand it, you know, Southampton are picking up man for man, but Ryan Bertram is either picking up Lewis Dunk or he's trying to block Lewis Dunk. So he's kind of a, a free roll, so like a zonal mark. Ryan's marking an error. Anyone comes across him, he gets a block, so they can't get a really strong run or their movement is is stopped. It doesn't quite get good enough contact on Lewis. Look, it's a really, really good header. He's got a lot of power of it, a lot of accuracy. 
could Fraser Forster do a little bit better? It's difficult for a goalkeeper that size to get so low down so quickly. Um, but I think maybe it's just a little bit of poor organisation. You know, Lewis Dunk for, for Brighton of Albion is the main header of the ball. He scores the most goals for Brighton from set pieces. He's the main threat. I don't think you can leave him isolated one-on-one with Ryan Bertram. Just my opinion. I think that's where it comes from on the pitch, a little bit of leadership. In terms of you'll have your markers before the game. That always happens. But if their position changes or their rotation changes, you can take responsibility as a player on the pitch and just swap. It's it's not a problem. And I don't think the players have quite identified that. But it's a good header. It, it is. There's good pace on the ball. It's good delivery. I just think the manager and the defenders in particular will be disappointed with that. I think that kind of sums up today. There's a, there's a disappointment and, and moments in the game where Southampton will look at it and go, we could have done that better. We could have reacted to that better. So that little finer detail, that little that matters in the Premier League at the top level is really, really important. And obviously then that puts Southampton on the back foot. But they did react very well from that and it kind of spurred them into the game and then they had their best period of the game from that moment on. But it's a poor goal to to concede from. Well, Adam, let's discuss Shea's equaliser then, his third goal in three games. It was a great finish. It was a fantastic finish. Really, really top draw finish. It's, you know, the way it drops to him as well. Obviously, Dunk's... uh, Got a got a touch on the ball, so it's coming down. Uh, so technically, it's very difficult. Those are the ones it's very easy, especially when you're going. You have to go in a situation like that for pure power. There's not really a placement option there. Those are the ones that can end up in the back of the stand or ballooning <laughs> over the roof of the stadium if you're not careful. Uh, and yeah, so a terrific finish, great technique, and uh, I think that's that Shea at the moment really. Uh, um, those. A lot of his uh, best moments are kind of his more instinctive moments, I feel, just generally. The ones where he has a bit, just a little split second more time, he, I kind of feel like sometimes maybe he's just a bit caught in two minds. And I think we saw that with uh, the chance he had later on, which, to be honest, was a far easier chance than the, the goal that he scored. Um, but then it was just that moment of indecision. I'm not sure he's quite sure what to do with that finish, but it was a, a terrific goal and really to be honest, by far and away, the highlight of the day um, was, was A, the goal, the finish itself from a Saints point of view, but also the fact that Shea has kind of got some momentum behind him again now. I mean, we've seen this since he's been at Saints, really, that he's had the the sort of dry spells and then the spells where, where he scores. He's been a bit streaky in terms of his goal scoring so far. Um, so, yeah, another goal for him, I think, is, is you know, a real positive I hope that at least it will keep him in a positive frame of mind going into the next game because they're going to need him to really lead the line against Bournemouth as well. And a game that's taken on, you know, even increased, even more increased importance, I think, after today's result. Yeah, it was a great goal from Shea Dean, uh, but you did touch on it a little earlier about him maybe needing to be more clinical because he could have had a second in the second half. Yeah, I mean, the, the first goal, I, I totally agree with Adam. He's Adam uh, Shea's probably best when he's very instinctive, when he doesn't get a real time to overthink the finish. You know, his, his goal against Sheffield United is a split second to, to strike it from the edge of the box. The goal today is kind of looping quickly out the air. He's going to strike it as hard as he can. And I think if you look at Shea, most of his goals are with power. He goes for power, which is not a problem for, for a striker. Um, but I think the second goal, 
the build-up's fantastic, by the way, between him and Nathan Teller. The one-twos around the box, and then Shea uh, goes with one foot and then changes his weight very quickly and comes back on his right foot. And I thought, brilliant, here we go. And then he strikes it very, very well. But I think there, that's just the moment. He just needs to be a little bit cuter. He knows the keeper's going to commit. He's going to he's going to uh, dive down at his feet. I think like a, a Danny Ings in that position just goes for a little bit of a chip. A little bit like Gross in the first half for, for Brighton. You think if he if he dinks Fraser Forster there, he, he scores. Um, but that will come with improvement with Shea. The best thing about Shea gets in their positions. He doesn't mind taking the responsibility of having a strike at goal. So that's always a good thing for a striker. You need to worry and be concerned when they're not in the positions um, to score. But he didn't have a lot of opportunities today. So scoring one out of two is a pretty good um, ratio for himself. And three and three is good. He's picked up some form. So his confidence will be high. But I'm sure he'll look back at that and think, could have done something different. But the actual build-up play and the the build-up, the, the, the one-two around the box was very, very good um, to get himself into that position. Um, I just think he could have been a little bit cuter. And then the Trossard goal to put Brighton back in front was a decent move, but would you say it's fair to say that it was a, a poor one to concede? Yeah, it was. Um, I think one of the disappointing things, amongst many disappointing things today, was actually how um, surprisingly uh, limp Saints were through the spine of the team today. I was I was quite quite surprised by that to be honest with you. I thought Diallo, Ward Prowse, uh Bednarek, Vestergaard, you kind of in that area you, you sort of had a really strong backbone there to uh for, for Saints, but Brighton were able to sort of come through that those areas far too easily for me on on multiple occasions into you know, we saw Lalana many times dropping into pockets of space, picking up the ball, being able to cause all kinds of problems. And yeah, Saints just didn't deal with it. And the, and the goal as well. I mean, when you see uh, Trossard there, you know, it's not. Again, we've we've seen this quite a few times recently. It's, I know the centre half pairing has been somewhat disrupted as, as the back four has been disrupted in recent times. But again, he's just slipped in so easily there. Bednarek today just didn't quite seem on the money. You know, he was a little bit slow to react to some things. He's just been able to drift in behind him again far too easily. Uh, but, you know, credit for a good finish uh, for a team that that we <laughs> that are famously not clinical in front of goal. Today, Brighton were clinical um, and they kind of showed Saints the way to do it. And that, those are the differences. When you've got two teams there, there are two teams playing today who both look nervy who both look defensively shaky because of that. They both look like they kind of were feeling the importance of the game, the importance of the occasion. Then it's those little moments that are going to make all the difference. Those either small mistakes you make or, you know, a really positive, decisive move at the end. And Brighton just had a bit more than Saints today. And that's very disappointing. Yeah, there weren't many. Oh, sorry, there weren't too many chances for Southampton after Brighton's second team. Was it a case of Brighton just defending really well, or was there a lack of creativity on Saints' part? I think a bit of both, to be honest, Steve. I think Brighton defended very, very well when they they got the lead. Um, they got numbers behind the ball. They looked very, very organised. Um, but I think Adam met touching it before. They just lacked that little bit of intensity. You know, when you've got a lot of bodies in the centre of the pitch, you either get opportunity to cross the ball to then get more bodies in the box. I know that's playing into Brighton's strengths, but it still makes them defend. 
Um, and I just think there was one or two negative moments where Southampton could have played forward a little bit more and it was come out of the pitch. And that's fine. You can come out one side, switch the ball really quickly to get across on the other side. But it just seemed a little bit laboured at times. Um, there was opportunities for Gineppo when he came on to cross the ball or take someone on. The same a little bit with Nathan Redmond. But they just seemed, didn't quite want to do it. it, it was There was no real creativity but you can put it down to the credit of Brighton you know they filled holes they filled gaps they made it difficult for Southampton um, and I don't think I think if I'm right Ralph changed his shape towards the end I don't think that quite worked we we got less numbers in the box less bodies in the box and that didn't quite help so I think it was a bit of both but I'm one of those people I like to give credit to Brighton I think they performed well today the game plan was good they were clinical um, they had possession of the ball when they needed to and it was a really good away performance by Brighton and, and Southampton weren't quite at their best. Well, let's hear from Ralph Harsenhutl now. Here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game. Simply not good, uh, especially in the second half. We had only one or two chances against a team that was uh, yeah, fighting for everything and uh, showed a little bit more effort than we did, I think, in some moments. And uh, then it is uh, not enough what we do. It's obviously been a really intense period recently. Do you think that's had a little bit of an uh, effect? No, they, they had the same. And I mean, they are fighting for relegation and we, we think we are safe. But I think we should pay attention because uh, I think when we, when we play like this, we will not win a lot of games, this is for sure. But uh, I think we all should should uh, do it better in the future and uh, I think that that is uh, the goal for the next weeks uh, to work hard for for uh, yeah getting back to to the way we could play you obviously do have a little bit of a break from league matches now with the cup next week and then the international period I know you're hoping to get a couple of extra injured players back is it maybe a decent time for you to have a bit of a gap in the schedule and, and be able to regroup and recover a little bit yeah it's it's first a game on the, on the weekend in the cup and uh, when we play like this we also have no chance I mean we must do it much better and I think uh, this must be the goal now for the next days to, to find the details back and to find uh, the, the, the reason why, why we are yeah, today so far away from, from, our, from our top performance It'll be important for you and, and useful for you as well to have a bit of a period where you can work a little bit more on the training pitch now with no midweek matches coming up. When everybody's here, yes, but we will lose a few players for the international break, but we still have time to work on a few things and this is important, I think, yes. Well, from one South Coast encounter to another, we touched on it earlier in the show. There really does seem to be an increased amount of pressure on Saturday's game now, Adam. What are your early thoughts ahead of that FA Cup fixture? Yeah, I agree, Kenzie. There's a lot more pressure now, I think. Uh, I think Saints will feel a lot more pressure, more importantly, or, or more precisely, because they will go into that knowing... I mean, it was always important, right? It was always a really important game for them. But they go into it now, I think, with unfortunately that nagging doubt in the back of their head about whether they are going to be the victim of an upset now. As Whereas I feel like had they have played better and won today. I know it's a what-if situation, but I felt like that confidence and momentum from having beaten Sheffield United, if they'd have done the same today, they would have kind of turned up against Brighton expecting to win, uh, Bournemouth, sorry, expecting to win um, and, and had a lot more positivity. I just, I just fear that the way that they are at the moment, the way they look, especially the way they looked against Brighton, um, I just worry that they're going to turn up 
scared about losing this game rather than thinking about winning this game. Um, and to me, that would be a big concern. Bournemouth are obviously in very patchy form themselves. I think that's very clear. But to them, it's also a big game. Look at their squad, Bournemouth squad. They've, they, they should be doing better than they are. Um, but that, that kind of underlines when you look at their squad, they do have the quality that on a one-off day, if they're really up for it, they do still have the quality to cause teams problem, teams problems. And Saints are going to have to be really up for it against Bournemouth, really, really up for it. And they're going to have to play with a lot more belief and a lot more desire, I think. They're going to have to try and, you know, almost outdo Bournemouth for that to make sure that they are the team that are going to win that game. And it is huge. The league season isn't over now. We said before the game, a win would be 36 points and pretty much safety. That's obviously not happened. So Saints are going to have some more work to do, some more business to do. But first of all, they've got to beat Bournemouth because if they, you know, worst case scenario, were that to not happen, yeah, I think a lot of questions are going to be asked about what Ralph's doing, where Saints are going generally. Um, but if they beat Bournemouth, I think that they'll be uh, a good chance to go into it, the international break then with a bit of positivity and with a real focus and coming back after that going, right, we've got just a few weeks left of this season now, really. We've got a chance of getting to an FA Cup final and we've just got to make sure we stay in the league. And there's a, there's a real positive to go forward. So I think that's what Saints have to try and take into this uh, and try and make sure that they don't just take in a, a nervy, negative mindset, uh, which, frankly, after the performance against Brighton, you could barely blame them for. Well, Dean, confidence of the team aside then, on paper, this is really a huge opportunity to progress to the semi-final of the FA Cup. It is, Kenzie, you're right. And I think, um, I agree with what Adam said, but I think as a player, you just isolate the game. That, that's what you need to do and, and look at the thing. OK, well, let's forget the league form. It doesn't matter uh, where we are in the league. This is an FA Cup game. Um, Southampton have been brilliant in the FA Cup this season. So you've got to try and take that mentality into the game. Uh, match Bournemouth, match Bournemouth's work rate, um, what, uh, match their intensity, because Bournemouth, it's a, it's a free hit for them. No one expects them to win they can go into the game and play with some freedom. So if Southampton can match that intensity, they've got better players. They've got more quality players. Bournemouth do have quality and it's going to be a tough game. Um, but yeah, you just have to isolate it and not think, okay, we've just lost to Brighton. We've just lost to Man City. Forget that. For a one-off game, forget that. Go into a conference. Be excited about the game. Thinking we can get to an FA Cup semi-final here. It, it doesn't matter about anything else. Play 90 minutes. Try and win the game. Um, and I think that's the best way to approach it. And also approach it, approach it during the week as well. Enjoy the build-up to this game. Enjoy the excitement around the game. You know, go in Monday and maybe talk about this performance against Brighton and then forget about it. And then move on to a really, really big game, an exciting game against Bournemouth. If Southampton win, it keeps their season alive. So I think that's how I would approach it as a player. That's it for today's podcast. Thank you to our guests, Dean Hammond and Adam Leach. We'll be back on Saturday for next week's big match against Bournemouth. See you then.